Hey there, Crosswinds family and friends. Welcome to Crosswinds Unleashed. Each week, we're dedicated to bringing you the best stories and biblical life principles from authentic believers. Our podcast breaks down the Christian life through interviews and practical instruction. We hope in a way that's both fun and accessible. I'm Craig Cooper. I'm the host of the podcast, also lead pastor of Crosswinds Church. And let me give a special shout out to Elijah Merrill. He is our producer. All that's good is because of him. If there's anything that goes wrong, it's because of me. But it's great for you. Thank you so much for taking some time to, to listen to this podcast. Uh, I appreciate it. I believe if you're part of Crosswinds, it helps us as a church sort of get to know each other a little better, tackle some topics. Um, last week, we looked at what uh, parenting. We're going to continue to do that this week with the same guest, and so I want to welcome them back. Uh, we have uh, Brian, who's the pastor of Family Life here at Crosswinds. And so, Brian, great to have you here with us yeah, again. It's good to see you again, Craig. Yeah. And then we have Betty, who is our executive pastor, also the director and one of the key leaders here at Celebrate Recovery. And so, Betty, thanks for, for once again being a part of this podcast. I appreciate that you invited me. So if uh, if you listened to the last podcast and you know what we talked about, if not, let me encourage you, go back to episode 23 as we talked about parenting, we talked about some of the struggles, some of the things we're learning, and, and we're going to turn a little corner here. We're, we're still going to talk about parenting, but I want to talk about the church. You know, one of the things, and if you've been here when we do child dedication, part of what I do as lead pastor is I actually ask the church family uh, to, to make a commitment to the parents. Uh, that they would live in such a way that they would help point to Jesus, knowing that we're not perfect, but we're we're on a journey of being perfected in Christ. But with that, the kids, that it would be a place where parents could bring their kids and know that everyone's committed uh, who knows Jesus to pointing toward toward the Lord. And we make a verbal commitment in front of those parents. And that's not just uh, for the parents to be encouraged, although I hope they am, but it's a reminder for each and every one of us that the reality of it is parenting, in some ways, isn't just about the parents. I mean, we are here together as a church family to help parents parent their kids. And, you know, um, in the last episode, Brian pointed out what I think is really true. Ultimately, it's not the church's responsibility to raise our kids, but the church would be in trouble, I think, on the Day of Judgment if... We were a place that hindered parents from raising their kids in a way that honors Christ. And we certainly have a responsibility of being part of the formula. And so we're, we're going to venture into that a little bit. And so Brian's going to wear two hats. He's going to wear the hat of, of a parent, but he's also wearing the hat of our family life pastor. And I know that you know he has a strong commitment to come alongside parents. And so, Brian, I'm going to have you sort of lead the way uh, in this conversation of the church's responsibility from the sense of a family life pastor. Share your heart a little bit about how you, how you envision us coming and how we do come alongside parents. Thanks, Craig. Um, yeah, and I, I'll, I'll just preface this all. I don't know, uh, you know when you're finding yourself listening to this, but you know we're, we're coming through kind of the COVID pandemic. And, and so my role here kind of shifted Right before that all started, and uh, <clears throat> but the mission remains steadfast. Uh, the local church, you know, we exist to do a lot of things, and one of them is uh, to really help 
instill discipleship practices in all people. And that includes at a parent level to their kids and then, uh, you know, at a level where we disciple the parents who are discipling the kids. And so I think here at Crosswinds, we have this really beautiful thing that's happening. Uh, We have different small groups and one-on-one discipleship. We have Sunday, um, you know, kids ministry and ministries throughout the week. But I think what's really happening is we're driving people to be in relationship where parents are not soloing parenting by themselves, uh, whether you are a single parent or you have you know you know two people in that relationship. So I think here at Crosswinds, like we're helping we're helping parents build relationships to where they're able to learn from experiences from those who have gone before, and the, to those who are are still coming up. So I know I'm it's very vague right now. I know we're going to get into probably more detail what that all looks like, but I think that's kind of where we're at right now. Yeah, I think that's great. Uh, that's a great introduction, not just um, sort of your vision, but what happens here on the weekend, what happens on the student ministry night, mm-hmm. um, and and the fact of partnering um, with with the families. I mean, for me, I, I remember I was a teenager on this particular incident. Um, I don't know what was going on. I don't know if it was if it was uh, a conflict between me and my parents. Um, I'm not really sure. Um, but I remember saying to my mom, I need to go talk to, to Paul, who was my student pastor. And later, I mean, when I was much older, we, we t- she had talked to me about that incident. And we both remembered that incident. And again, we couldn't remember what the situation was around it. But she definitely remembered it. I remembered it. And she said, I said, how did that make you feel? And I was a student pastor at the time. And she said, I was so thankful that you had someone I trusted that you wanted to go talk to. And, you know, it was it had to be before I had kids, but I was a student pastor, and I just remember the responsibility there of wanting to be a person that a parent could say that about. Mm-hmm. That, you know, I'm thankful if they're not going to talk to me, they're talking to. Because let's face it, we, we live in a world where there are people who, I hate to put it this way, but it's true, there are predators out there, and, and they are going after our kids. In uh, in so many ways, and then there are those who aren't predators, but their their understanding of morality is so different than those of us who are followers of Christ. And they may not be predators; at least they don't know they are. But their their morals are predatory, uh, as far as they're they're contradicting of what, what we would we would want for our kids. And then add upon that, every family is different on what they major on. And so, for instance, I remember with our kids, they always had a curfew. And so, you know, it, it would, you know, when they were when they were in high school, I'd say, well, you know, I expect we we negotiate. It wasn't always the same, but we'd negotiate for that particular night. And I remember one time, I can't remember which one of the the kids said this. I think they all probably said it one time. They said, well, so and so doesn't even have a curfew. And and I did the typical parent thing, and I said, well, you're not, they're not, you're not in that house. You're in our house. We we have a curfew, and I expect you home. At such and such a time, I'm pretty blessed. All three of our kids actually did well with the curfew. They they came in when they ought to have. Um, but but I but I, but it was difficult. And then we had families who were in the church, and not only did they have different sort of structure, but there was some had no structure whatsoever. And so it was sending mixed signals to our children. Right, I always found myself looking at families who sort of had the same similar idea of structure, and thank God they were in the church with me. Because when they would point out someone and go, they don't have a you know, I'd go, well, yeah, but they do, they do, you know, and, and it was like, we're not alone. We're not, we're not, we're not the only family with these things. But, but the reality of it is, even if we were, we would still do what we felt the Lord was leading us to do as parents. But man, it is just so, 
remarkable when you're a part of a church that shares values and, and, and have a children's ministry, student ministry, where you know that the conversations they're having with people reinforces what you're saying at home. And so, you know, how have you found that to be true or not true? Or Yeah. Sorry, buddy. I feel like I'm not even, you're not even getting a chance to talk here. I'm just talking so much on this. I apologize. I just, Craig, you know, you're just talking, you know, part of the job of parenting, the hardest part, I think, is, you know, as Christian parents, is helping our kids uh, to be, uh, you know, to live in the world, but not be of the world and to really have our eyes on our creator um, and to realize that this life is just a vapor, you know, it's here and then it's gone. And there's, you know, there's now a whole, uh, there's now a whole occupation called influencers, you know, social influencers. And so people are creating a living, a very lucrative living by influencing people. And sometimes they're really great and they align with Christian principles and what we would want. Uh, and oftentimes they're not. And there are social platforms that is getting so much content to our kids now of all ages. Um, you know, and, and so our kids, in fact, you know, I was just at a gathering and um, uh, I was near a teenager and, and we were talking about, you know, just what do we do with our free time? And he's like, man, I get lost in TikTok for hours and hours a night. And I, he's like, do you got TikTok? I was like, I don't have TikTok. And they're at the same time trying to teach me all these cool new words like sus and uh, – which I mean, I guess it means to be sus- to be suspect. I don't know. There's going <laughs> to – I may have just discredited myself as the family pastor here at Crossman's, but I'm okay with Or you with just that. endeared yourself to people who go, <laughs> I right. wish they didn't know that. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, um, so I, it's just our kids are – listening to a lot, they're immersed in a lot, they're being influenced by a lot. And so I think you're right. I think uh, a great thing for us as parents is to give them access and venues and people and relationships that are trusted, that do align with what we believe in, who can be of support. Um, and at Crossman's, you know, I'm definitely biased, but they're fun and they're meaningful and and they connect uh, with kids and parents at the phases of their life. And and so, yeah, that I think that's a huge win if the local church can do that. For parents, you know, it's interesting. You know, many people who are listening to this might know my story, but I came to Christ when I was five. My parents didn't come to Christ when I was fifteen, but for whatever reason, my parents found it important to drop us off at Sunday school. They didn't attend church. Uh, that God wasn't a center part of our family at all. Um, it was a very moral, loving home, um, but they saw the importance of dropping us off, and so I had spiritual parents who poured into me spiritually, helped me grow in Christ. And interesting enough, my unsaved parents, my parents who didn't know Christ at the time, were encouraging that type of involvement. And so it always amazes me when I see Christian parents, you know, who don't take advantage of what's offered or don't make it a priority. When my parents, for whatever reason, before they even knew Christ, thought that was important, thought that was important. Betty, what's your experience with this? I think um, just to go along with what you both have said, we have choices. And so really looking at those choices strategically in how what we want our kids to see and experience. In the life of my kids, I've always had the opportunity through relationships at church to find people who could be with them, not only to... Uh, you know, babysit at certain times, but the babysitter was a mentor and a guide. It wasn't, it was somebody I chose strategically. And each of those people in my kids' lives, um, now that they're older, they still have relationships with them. 
And my youngest, who are 19, still reach out to those people. One of them is a, you know, a pastor of a children's ministry in another area. Another one is, um, you know, living in, they're all across the country, actually. But they still, that's the positive aspect of social media. They still have the opportunity to be able to reach out to them. And I'm very grateful for that. And then on the flip side, um, being able to participate in, as a group leader in student ministry. It's amazing to be able to watch these kids grow and learn alongside them. I love what you said about learning certain things, Brian. I'm still learning. And uh, it's a great way for me to feed into them and let them know that I'm still learning too. It grows that relationship together. So there are so many opportunities from small group leaders to just families that you interact with at the church. And I love how God provides what we need in those areas. You know, small groups have been important in my life and have been a priority in my life really since I was 15. Um, but as we were young, uh, you know, young couple with young kids, um, we had a small group um, that our kids still talk about to this day um, because we brought our kids and we spent really a whole afternoon on a Sunday afternoon together um, with these adult leaders and their children. And, and they, our kids loved small group uh, time where they could be around the other kids. And I know some small groups look at it different. They say, you know, don't have kids there because then you can really focus on things. But one of our big focuses for us, and this is just us, as, as people who are participating in that particular small group, was we wanted to have learn what it meant to have our families grow in Christ. And um, having the kids there showed a priority on that, you know. And it's one that has really stuck with our kids up to this point. And I'm thankful for that. And, you know, it, it was sort of a carryover, you know, and Brian, student pastor, old student pastor to to not so old student pastor, but but as your family life pastor now, I think this will resonate with your heart. You know, it always grieved me when I saw parents who would allow for activities to always get in the way of church, of student nights, uh, of children's ministry, uh, because at the end of the day, you know, life can be as busy as we allow it to be. And I thought, I always thought as a parent, it's one of the things that I could teach my kids, or at least model to my kids, that will hopefully carry over in the rest of their life is the importance of Christian fellowship. Not that if you miss a Sunday that, you know, um, that's the big deal. But if you're missing two and three, you know, it's so easy to get out of the habit of fellowshipping with one another. And the scripture says, don't forsake that. You know, and so we we would have conversations with our kids as they got older, especially, you know, with sports and those type of things, and said, "Look, you know, um, you know, I remember Jake with football one time. He's my middle child. I said, "Where's your coach at? Because Wednesday night student night, you know, you have practice." And I remember uh, having a conversation with the coach, and he said, "That's all I needed to know. If he's heading off to church, you know, that's." That's great. And uh, Jake said, what would you have done if he said, I'm off the team, if, if, if he had to? I said, well, you would have to pick a different sport, you know, that, that unless, uh, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't want him to think that football was more important than, uh, than being in that fellowship for what would have been months. And so, you know, again, we, we've had this conversation, so I know where you sort of stand on this, but I know you have a personal even some story with that as your high school experience in sports and making some of those decisions. Speak to that for a little bit. Yeah, sure. And, and you know, similarly, I, I was a fairly athletic individual and competed at a, you know, when I was in high school, uh, 
in a varsity capacity and uh, was on the track team at my local high school and the practices were going later and later. Um, and I really had a commitment to our student ministry because that's where I met Jesus was in my student ministry. My story for the listeners, uh, maybe don't know it uh, in a nutshell is, you know, came to church when I was nine through the student ministry and through the youth pastor and small group leaders, you know, was really told about who this God is that loves me and formed me and created me and has a purpose for me. Um, and so it meant so much to me that uh, it was, it, at that point, it was kind of like a no-brainer choice, you know, and and I remember having, going into the coach's uh, office and just telling them, hey, I have this other commitment and and I'm not really willing to bend on it. So it wasn't really permission from the coach. And I was just so thankful that he was gracious, similar to your experience, you know, and totally understood that. And um, But I had other experiences where, you know, I tried out for the basketball team and told the coach that, and it was an, if you can't be here, you can't be on the team type deal, you know, and, and that's okay. Cause I stunk at it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, Craig, uh, <clears throat> you had just said something earlier and, and maybe it's a challenge to small group leaders out there, but in, in just church leaders, but it's okay to have kids present and around. In fact, why wouldn't you want your kids to see you praying with other adults or, you know, being vulnerable with other people. And it just goes back to our earlier, you know, previous episode of just our kids are always watching. Um, we don't have to be perfect. And, and, and I appreciate that about here in our local church context is I think of like our Christmas Eve services and we really champion those as a full family experience. And, you know, you, you muscle through preaching as there's 17 kids crying, you know, but like we just recognize that. Some of them are adults. <laughs> yeah. It's really uh, hard. Just kids are kids, and, and, and we need to be okay with that. And, and yes, we strive for excellence, and yes, we want things to be great because we serve a great God, but kids are kids, and uh, we need to have reasonable expectations when it comes to that, you know? Um, and I, I try to remind my, my leaders that all the time. Kids running through the hallways, of course they are. They're kids. That's what they do, you know? Um, but, yeah. No, I think, that, I think that's important to realize, you know, um, our expectations of the situations, and 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 that's why I, you know, if the small groups out there, I get it. You know, if they they, they sort of want to be different than that, uh, I get it. But for us, and I think Brian, we, we sort of share that. It, it just was important that that families felt okay to be families. We also were in a situation where, because of coming in from not being a part of the community, we didn't have free babysitting, and at that time, I wasn't making a lot of money as a pastor. And, um, you know, to have every week um, had someone watch our kids for as long as we were together, uh, that would have been that would have been a, a hardship on us. And um, and so there was other things playing, too. And, I, and a lot of the people who, surprise, surprise, about half our group were from people who had moved into the area from outside. They didn't have free babysitting either. And so, you know, it, it was sort of a no-brainer anyway because I thought, let's just bring our families together. We ate together. We, we you know, it was, it was sort of a, a fun, chaotic, growing Christ together situation. But on the practical side of things, it, it really allowed some people to feel at home who were far from their home. And, and so, you know, I, I, I just think that it's important we think through those things. You know, I'll be honest, I'm glad we have children's ministry and nursery um, every every weekend, and, and so I'm okay at Christmas. It would be hard if it was every weekend, but I was sort of trying to preach through 16 crying kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thankful that we, we've created spaces, space, spaces, yeah, spaces on our campus where, you know, I'll, I'll give you an example. Last weekend, my grandson, one years old, came into service. He's hanging with my daughter-in-law and, and my wife, and he's loving worship. 
I mean, he's dancing around. He's having a blast. Then it was time for someone to get up and talk about something, and he decided he was going to have a conversation with them from the next to the back row. And my uh, daughter-in-law got up and started walking out with him, and she said, he's being very talkative. And so she was able to find a very nice place with, I think she said, a couple of other parents yep. where their kids were able to play and were able to enjoy service. And so, yeah, I, so I get it. I mean, we gotta we got to figure out what works, right? But on the flip side, it's hard to be an example for your kids if you're not there. And, and when I and I know there's times where they're not like I, I don't I didn't bring my kids to counseling sessions on, as a pastor that would be weird, yeah. uh, you know share 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 with me what you want to share with your pastor and by the way my kid's going to be hanging out. Um, no, I, no, I get that, but but I also I want them to feel like because they are they're part of the church, mm-hmm. and, and and there's just a neat opportunity for them. You know that same weekend, my my uh, my grandson uh, Liam, you know he came to his own at church. And it was the first time he was just running around like a crazy man, you know, owning the place. And I have always found joy when I see children of our church family, when you tell they finally realize this is like a second home to them, you know. There's one couple in particular every week I know when they when they take their son out of here, he starts crying. I don't want to leave. I don't want to leave. I mean, I wish we got adults who understood that. You know that 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 the community that we have here in Christ it's it's family, and we're here for one another. And you know, for parents out there, man, don't miss it. Don't miss the opportunity of having others help you as you parent your kids and pour into your kids and ask questions. And if I could give any word of advice, I think it would be don't don't allow <laughs> don't allow your personal failings keep you from being honest with somebody about those things and learn, you know, because I know for me that that was, that's been huge. It's still huge uh, to be able to go up to somebody and say, you know, I just don't think I get this. Uh, what, how are you with this? You know, it's like an older couple. You look at their marriage and you think they, they, they had it together the whole time. And then you realize they didn't. As a matter of fact, there were times they didn't like each other, but they were committed because they truly loved each other. And, and love's more than an emotion. It's a commitment. And parenting is like that. And for us to be there for each other is just huge. It's just huge. And, um, um, yeah, I just appreciate being a part of a place that puts such a strong commitment to our children's and student ministry because we understand the value uh, of not just ministering to that age group, but their parents. Sure. Oh, Betty, go no, ahead. No, go ahead. No, I've, this isn't fair to you. I just wanted to, um, you know, piggyback off of that a little bit. I do lead Celebrate Recovery, you know, and I'm so grateful that we have a place if you're struggling with something and it's hurts, habits, hang up. So it's whatever you're struggling with. It's not and it doesn't always have to be an addiction or something like that. I think people don't realize that it's a misnomer and that's for another show. But um, we do have a place where parents can come and honestly and openly without hesitation, begin to work through some of the struggles that they might have in life because a family can only be as good as we are together. And so sometimes there are individual things that an individual parent will need to work on. But what it does for them is it makes them a better spouse. It makes them a better parent, a better grandparent, a better friend, a better all Christian, right? A better believer or better understanding of what it means to follow Jesus. So we have those spaces as well, knowing that in the end, it just makes for a better family. I love the family aspect that we have here at Crosswinds. It's it's the whole. It's not just one piece or another. That's good. That's good. 
Let's take some time. Oh, go ahead, Brian. Well, I, I, you know, I, I like to hear the sound of my voice, so uh, thank you. Uh, I like to hear it too. <laughs> you got a nice voice. Oh boy, I was I was just going to say, you know, uh, as we sit on this table as we're talking, I, I think we can all agree in an ideal setting, you know, Christian parents. Uh, are able to then instill Christian values on their kids, you know, and that's the discipleship strategy that I really feel God intended uh, for the world to have is, is mom and dad know Jesus and then they share Jesus with son and daughter who then have kids and share and that's how it gets passed down. But, uh, you know, and I don't even know if this is a true statistic, but if, if you have like, you know, 100 people that, you know, have been discipled in Christ, they know Christ, they know how to live life according to the way he lives, but then 50% pass that down and then 50%, 50%. And I think that's what we're experiencing now is, is we have, and, and Craig, this is probably even true when you were student pastoring, we have a lot of kids that come in whose parents are not churched. And, and when I say that, I mean, like, they don't, they don't know, I mean, they know Jesus, but they don't know what Jesus would do. And that's the difference between, you know, disciple and a non-disciple. And uh, so that's the challenge of what we're faced each and every weekend or each and every week or whether it's a small group setting is, is we have people that just don't know who Jesus is and there might be 30 and have kids or, or maybe we don't even have access to the parents and it's just kids. And so in these group settings, we're trying to explain who Jesus is and yet at the same time push the kids who know who Jesus is to go further in their relationship with them. And I think what like the kids ministry and the student ministry do really well here is, is we have a program designed for all these phases of life and then we try to be really communicative to the parents and to give them springboard questions to have at home. And even as a pastor, you know, sitting on that dinner table, sometimes it's hard to have, you know, spiritual conversations or to tell Bible stories, but it's really fun when Charlie comes home and is like, this is what I learned and tell me all about it. And we talk about it and then that sticks with us and we do prayer times at night with that thing. And, and so the local church is really a support to the parents and, and hopefully, you know, we're reaching kids, we're reaching teens and reaching adults, the preferred method. I think you know the best way is if mom and dad know Jesus, but that's just not true. And and we've seen miracles happen like you. You know, you came to Jesus first and then mom and dad came to Jesus. And so God knows no, I guess, generational, you know, influxes in that way. So No, I think I think you're absolutely right. And you know, that just sort of reminds me too, you know, each of our kids at one point they did they knew that church wasn't an option in our home. Like we were gonna do that. Um, but they may have hit a point where maybe student ministry, maybe they're like, yeah, I don't know. You know, they sort of went through a phase. And I went through that phase, and I went through the phase without parents who were pushing me to go. And so I had friends who reached out to me, brought me back in, but my parents would have been okay if I just decided that was because they were new in the faith, and they, they didn't think through those things. But for my wife and I, you know, part of our conversation we would have with them, and I just say this for any parent out there because, you know, just especially in the teen years, you can have times where your kids like you know this just isn't for me or you know uh, I'm I'm too old for this now or whatever right you know all the excuses they can come up with. I remember sitting down with one of them in particular, one of my three kids, and I said to him, "Maybe God wants you there not for you but for them." And it was an opportunity to teach about service. Mm-hmm. That that sometimes what the Lord does is He puts you in a situation that maybe you're not super excited to be at, but He's going to use you to bless others, and in that, you'll be blessed. And that little tweak was huge. And it wasn't like they came back that, that night and went, oh, man, that was great. No, 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 no. It took a while, but they, they, they got it, you know? And, and even if they didn't get it, I, I felt it was important, you know, that they understood that, you know, there's just times where you get up in the morning and, you know, I'm a pastor, so this is my job, my calling. I'm here. 
But everyone gets up sometimes and goes, oh, I mean, I just don't feel it. I just don't feel it. And 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 the the challenge is is maybe you need to be there not just for you. The family of God is there for other people. You don't know by just showing up what a difference you can make in the life of another, life of another family, and how God can use you. And I just heard a testimony a couple of uh, a couple of nights ago, actually. Well, I guess it was a week ago now. No, it was a couple of nights ago. Uh, no, it was a week ago. I'm just going to keep going back and forth. It was exactly a Stay week ago. Stay tuned, listener. Yeah, it was exactly a week ago. And uh, the lady got up and said that you know she was encouraged to serve, and then what she realized was serving wasn't about her; it was about them. But yet, in serving these people, she was being served. Right? She, God was using it as an encouragement to her. And there's a the type of lessons that you're able to teach your kids when you're involved, when you're a part of the family of God. When you're, when you're not just putting time in, um, but see the importance of, of of brothers and sisters in Christ coming together and helping each other on this journey. Um, in all of life, um, but especially in parenting. And, and that's something we can instill in our kids too. Um, so I, I just share that out there for any parent who's sort of dealing with the teenager who is sort of whatever, uh, going through their time of, of angst that we all went through, I guess. But uh, but sort of wrap us up here. And Brian, we'll start with you, then Betty will go you, and we'll, we'll sort of close our time together here. What word of advice coming from sort of a part of the church, you're a pastor, what advice would you give to a parent out there? Um, I would say uh, to take every opportunity, like you had already said, and to learn from it. Uh, man, this thing is tough. And I only have a five-year-old, and I don't think, you know, if, if you listen to the last episode, you know that. But I'm, I'm still learning so many things about it. And there are often many times where I feel like, man, I failed at that conversation. I failed in that moment of discipline. I failed here. I failed here. And I think the enemy just wants to convince us deeply that you are a failure of a parent. Your kid's going to turn out terrible. And, you know, that'll all be on you. And so I would just tell parents out there, like, um, you know, it's just really reflective of what Jesus has done in our lives. Like, it doesn't matter what you've done uh, per se, you know, like, today's a new day. And um, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're a new creation and, and love your kids well, be the best parent you can be, looking to Jesus for, you know, all the advice on how to live, follow him well. And, uh, and you had said, Craig, like, you know, God will bless that. That may not be the way that you thought it would be, but God's a faithful God and, uh, and, and it may take time. And, and again, it may not be the exact thing that you would have thought, but uh, just keep following. Don't get too discouraged. That's, That's good. Saying. Good word, Brian. Betty? I think um, to take that a little bit further, uh, you don't have to be perfect in your conversation. So I was listening to Brian earlier say, you know, the questions can come home to the dinner table. And if you allow those questions and welcome them and know that maybe you have to find the answer, maybe you're not sure, it's the same way at my dinner table. Maybe I'm not sure. Maybe I have to figure out that answer. But I would rather have my kids see me have to figure it out rather than avoid the question because I'm just not sure what the answer is. I think sometimes we get afraid when it comes to uh, Jesus or church that we need to have it exactly right. And we need instead to depend on God to guide us in that conversation with grace and uh, joy and he'll provide what we need and to be able to trust 
to really be able to trust in him for that. That's good. That's good. But that's so important. So important we're mindful of that. I think I think I'd just piggyback on what you both have been saying and what we've been saying within our conversation, not just this week, but last week. And, and that is to just remember you're not alone. You're not alone. Not only is God with you, and by the way, <laughs> that's the force multiplier right there. You plus but God is always a majority. And so God, God is with you in this, and and you're not just parenting; you're parenting with God. At least I hope you're parenting with God, or at least mindful you're parenting with God. But the Lord is is there to lead and to guide and to encourage and to yeah to to have us at times have to say we're sorry to convict us when we, when we understand our parenting wasn't where it needed to be, but not to camp there, but to move down further, further in the journey journey with God. Parent parenting isn't a sprint; it's a marathon. And so what we're doing is going to bear fruit later. Uh, it may not bear immediate fruit, and uh, it may not bear the fruit we thought it was going to bear. But if we're trusting God, He's going to work. But I just want to encourage you, you're not alone. But you're also not alone because, as we've been talking about, you got a church family. At least I hope you do. If you're listening to this and you don't have a church family, find a church family. Uh, let there be people who come alongside you and, and reinforce the things that you're teaching your kids. And the more voices that are pointing toward Jesus, the better. I can't see a downside in that. And so, you know, um, man, good coaches are good coaches, but a good Christian family will trump any of that. And so I I just want to encourage you, make church a priority for your family, for your family. And uh, know that if you don't have a church family, that that we here at Crosswinds, if you're in the Finger Lakes region, anywhere near Canandaigua, um, we would love to have you uh, check us out. Uh, You can go to crosswinds.church. To find out all things Crosswinds. So whether you are new to our church, have been here for years, uh, I hope you're uh, visiting Crosswinds.Church on a regular basis. And for now, thank you so much for, for listening to this podcast. I hope you are a part of it next week. But for now, be blessed and bless others. Bless others.